Hi guys, welcome back to Working Title. It's your host, Margot, and I'm so happy you're here. It's been a while since the last episode, so I think it's time for a quick refresh on what this podcast is all about. I've always been someone who likes to make sense of things. Recently, my mom told me that when I was younger and I was hysterically crying, she would just sit me down and explain the situation, what was going on, maybe why I felt upset, and almost immediately I would stop crying. And I feel like that's been a byline of my life. It manifests for me in two ways, and that is through journaling and it's also through this podcast. It feels like I can identify different chapters of my life by certain fixations I have during those times. I find it's really important to me that I focus on those fixations and topics when they come up so that I feel like I can get to the bottom of it, not necessarily to find a solution, but just to get to the root of those emotions that I'm feeling and kind of just make sense of my existence and my experiences. In past episodes, this podcast has focused a lot on identity, and I find that when I have these fixations, it's easy to identify with whatever problems or themes are coming up in my life. I've noticed this really powerful pattern of going through these things together, and when I open up about these certain topics that I might be struggling with or confused about, I find this huge community of people that are feeling the exact same way or dealing with the same themes in their lives. To me, it feels like we're going through these seasons together, and it's really special to be a part of this conversation. Recently, I've been very fixated on the concept of relationships and connections. We just came out of this insane period of our lives where we were forced to stay with this pod of people and we were in this scarcity mindset especially with the people around us and at the same time we had this abundance of community and people at our fingertips especially with the rise of TikTok and everyone's on Instagram and even if you're on a work Zoom call and you're seeing all these people on your computer every day that you're having conversations with. It's created this really weird feeling of lack in my head of relationships and feeling like I'm missing out on real human connections and also feeling like I've fallen behind and lost some of those skills to meet new people. I feel like growing up, it was always really easy for me to make new friends and connect with people and get to know people better. And ever since moving to the city, it's honestly been really tough for me. I'm very grateful to have a really strong support system in my relationship and my friends from home and my family and school friends, but I still have this longing to meet new people and grow my real relationships, not just people that I'm seeing on my phone every day, and I'm having a really tough time doing that. The more and more that I thought about this, it was something that I really wanted to dig into via podcast. On today's episode, you'll hear conversations with a past professor and one of my good friends about how they navigate relationships and some super actionable tips that we can take from them into our everyday lives and start to rebuild those real connections and not just surface level loose ties. I don't want to keep you guys waiting any longer for this conversation, so let's get into it. Hi there. Hey, how are you, Sean? I'm good. How's summer for you? I, I am. I, I need to make sure you understand 
you are such an easygoing, free-flowing sort of uh, almost throwbackish to uh, granola girl days. Like, oh my God, everything's great. And then I see an email like that and I'm going, serious fucking shit going on here. Like, <laughs> good for you. I, when I, I was thinking about who would be relevant in this conversation, a past professor came to mind almost immediately. My freshman year of college, I was introduced to Sean Brannigan as a pioneer in the marriage of media and entrepreneurship at Newhouse, which was a combination I'd later position my career around. While I was at Syracuse, I took a handful of his courses, including entrepreneurial thinking and trend spotting in digital media, which side note, if you go to Syracuse, try to get in that class. It is incredible. I think the reason that Sean came to mind as a really great candidate for this conversation is conversations with him would always lead to more connections. I was taught a couple years back that a good conversation when you're networking means that by the time you leave the conversation, you're going to leave with three more connections. And I would say that was the case, but doubled with Sean. He's always been super in the know with who you should be talking to, very generous with his connections. And truthfully, it just seemed like it came really naturally to him, which is not a skill that I can say I possess. I was really excited to sit down with Sean via Zoom to catch up with him and get his take on connecting with people, especially given the super weird social landscape right now. Something that I've been kind of struggling with or juggling recently, especially since New York is back open, it feels like the world is opening back up again, is this concept of relationships and networking and having all of this pressure on it but coming out of this year of feeling like I only talked to four people all year, it makes this abundance of social media feel that much grander and more overwhelming, especially when you're starting to see these people online now hanging out with 50 people at once. And you're like, wait a second, I, I, I need to catch up to these people. So I'm finding there's a very strange balance between abundance of connections and network with social media and then the scarcity of this like pod mentality. That behavior is the behavior we do with celebrities. I want to see their pictures. I want to know who they, who their parents were, where they came from. It's a knowledge and we're applying it to people that are, should be either friends or not friends. You now have a new slice, which is, yeah, but I want to keep up with them where right. they are and what they're doing and what's their latest job. And as if they're a celebrity in the, in the movie, that is your life. What I really liked about Sean's observation that we treat peers as we do celebrities was the suggestion that a lot of the people that we might consider to be in our lives are really just acting as some sort of entertainment, not a real connection. I don't really think that there's anything wrong with that as long as we acknowledge that we shouldn't be trading deep quality relationships for an abundance of more surface level connections. I wanted to see what Sean thought of this and how actionably he could avoid just going through life with surface level relationships. Side note, I'd really encourage you guys to get out a piece of paper and do this activity alongside. You can even do this in the notes app on your phone. There's definitely something really special about the first time you do it. We'll get to that in a minute. When you were in your early 20s, were you wow. focusing on quality or quantity when looking at your network? 
you got me there. I don't know. Um, seriously, you got me there. I'm like, wow, what the hell was I trying to do back then? Let me see. So early 20s, um, probably to be truthful, I didn't give a fuck. I just thought I'm just going to do what I'm doing. And I, I'm pretty I'm pretty sure that was where I was early 20s. By late 20s, I thought I should probably I'm pretty good at this. I like it. I have a you know, I'm a storyteller, you know, by, by birth, using that as a mechanism. I remember in your class one day we did an exercise and I think I actually missed the class that you did this exercise in. So yeah, the next I the class, I about, had to come know. in and do it by myself. So, oh man, I, yeah. So I wonder if for the listeners, you can kind of walk through this exercise and if you're listening, you can get out a piece of paper and do this exercise. Oh my God, this as, is great. <laughs> as Sean is walking you through this and you can experience what I had to experience in class that day. So first I need to attribute it. I, this, I did not create this. Jane McGonigal uh, has a book. I think it's called Super Good or Super, you can look it up. Uh, but it, she gives how to gamify life. Her premise is that life is too boring and that's why we end up not doing things that we really want to do or should do. And so one of them is, uh, is this networking thing. And I came across it somehow, or somebody sent it to me or whatever magic occurred. And I went, oh man. So the first one is, um, is take out a piece of paper. And the first question is quickly write somebody who would love to hear from you. Just love to hear from you. And the second one is, so now write, the name of a person or an organization or you know something that you would love to hear from that you love 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 to hear wouldn't it be great if i heard from third one is write down the name who would be astounded stunned amazed to hear from you and then they make you do it you have to pick a private channel and do it right now so it's an email or text is better or a phone call only allowed to say hello or something like that. You're not allowed to say, hey, hope things are going well. Nope, nope, none of that nonsense. You say, on a scale of one to 10, how are you doing today? That's it. Do you want me to give you some examples of stories that have happened in those? Um, yeah. So we had one where it was an uh, undergraduate student, I'm pretty sure. I'm remembering her. I can picture her sitting over in the corner. Um, very, she wasn't quiet, but she wasn't the big talker in the class. And she didn't say who it was that she was going to contact, but she diligently and dutifully went and did it, texted. Da, 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 da. And then she goes, she has this look of, of a little bit of fear, but excitement and said, um, so I wrote my sister's name. She's my little sister. She's only like 12 or something, 13, whatever, whatever. I can't remember the age. You'll see in a minute why that may matter. Um, <laughs> And she said, I, you know, I, I, I know I don't, she's, I'm her older sister. I know she looks up to me and stuff, but I, God, I really love her. And just, so I just thought, okay, I'll do that. And so I sent to her on a scale of one to 10, how is your day going? And she wrote 11, call me. And the whole class is like, call her. <laughs> like, but we're in class. I'm like, no, that's what this class is about. Step out in the hall if you want, or you can do it here, whatever it is you want, call her. She goes, 
all right. And she goes, she's right near the door. She steps outside the door. Within a second, she comes back in and she goes, she just had her first kiss. Oh. And it was today. And I'm, I'm like, okay, go, go talk to her. Go talk to her. And they're all like, some are crying. I'm almost crying myself right now. It's like, what a moment. And what a powerful, like this stupid little reach out with no knowledge of what's going on turns into this magical, magical thing. So this is a practice of breaking down the fear of creating that connection or reconnection with people. Yeah, because I like to say that making connections is my drug of choice. It's like thrill seeking, right? So that is your heart is beating. Oh man, what if they this? What if they that? And now you've done it three or four times in the class. And then let's say you say, hey, you know what? I thought of somebody else. I'm going to just do this. You can get hooked on it. One of the most interesting lessons, and I don't even think it was a lesson in your class. I think it was like, by the way, this exists. And then we're going to talk about something else. But it really stuck with me was Dunbar's number. Before I get too far, I want to break down exactly what Dunbar's is. Robin Dunbar is a British anthropologist who coined this theory called Dunbar's number, in which he suggests that the human brain can only truly maintain around 150 stable social relationships. Newer research shows this number can go up to around 250 people, depending on brain size, or according to Sean. I think it's your, I don't know, something between your heart and your brain. Either way, I found this theory fascinating, and it's since come up in a lot of conversations around relationships, especially since COVID and having to rebuild this network around us. In the spirit of making more meaningful relationships, I asked my friend Ruby to sit down with me and talk connections. She's no stranger to meeting new people and making them her best friends, so I wanted to pick her brain about making new connections and learning how we could all do the same. Okay, so I'm here with Ruby in Tompkins Square Park. Hello. <laughs> you can probably hear the birds behind us. Apparently there were two red-tailed hawks just born like 10 feet behind us two weeks ago. Wow. So okay, I saw a whole, yeah, I saw a whole line of like who dads. Said there's no nature here. <laughs> exactly. Um, so who knows what we're going to get, but I'm here with the queen of networking, relationships, connections. So you grew up here. Yes. Born and raised in Manhattan, the West Village. That must have a huge impact on your ability to connect with people. For sure. I am who I am because I grew up in New York City. Like, there were so many people here, so many different schools, so many kids my age. Like most of my best friends I didn't go to high school with. I met them at parties. I met them on the Great Lawn. I met them because we had a mutual friend. And it's funny to see like who I've stayed in touch with and then who we no longer talk to. Do you think that's a trait of people who grew up in New York, that they're good connectors? Or do you think people are more standoffish if they grew up in New York? Obviously, this is like stereotyping yeah I think that there's like a misconception about New Yorkers that were like standoffish and whatnot it's just that we don't have time and unless we make time and I think that that can come off as like that we don't care but if we're going to make time we're going to make time and we're going to make sure that connection it's just we're more picky because we do meet so many people and we do have so many opportunities to meet people that you can't stop and talk to every single person I get that. Okay, so if if you're talking to a New Yorker, it means that you are worth their time. Yes, 
that's okay. a compliment. Interesting. So I know that you probably grew up having this skill of connection growing up in the city um, and kind of having to like make a, a way for yourself. I know growing up in the suburbs for me, it was like pretty clear who your friends are um, and it's really easy to make friends. But when you went to college, you went to Tulane. Um, was there ever a moment that you were like, wait, I'm actually really good at this? Yes, I wasn't for a very long time. Um, at the, my, the beginning of my college career, I didn't like being away from the city. I like didn't really find my way. And after the pandemic, once we were back at school, I was it was my senior year, and I was like, I have to make this work. I have to do everything that I can to just make my last, it wound up being my last semester, the best it can possibly be. And so I really did that. I started going out. I mean, I definitely struggle with social anxiety. Like I'm in therapy. It's something that I am aware of and I do exposure therapy. So I find the more I put myself out there and the more people that I meet, it becomes a little easier. I think another stigma is once you graduate college, you're stuck with who you know. And moving to this city, I've learned that that is just absolutely not true. I think it's a great starting point and even a refresh for people who want to do that. Or it's a great opportunity to nourish those friendships that you already have. I completely agree. A couple weeks ago, I was at a bar and I bumped into a few girls that I went to school with who I follow on Instagram. But we were never friends at school, but for no particular reason and we're supposed to grab drinks next week oh my and God, it's I love that. at school just because our lives we were in different friend groups whatever again nothing bad but we just wouldn't have found each other now we're, we're all living in the city so it is this reset right. button it's another chance you don't always need a grand move like people love to feel wanted and seen and that you want to have drinks with them like right. that's, whenever someone texts me and is like would love to grab a bite like haven't seen you in so long let's grab a drink catch up I'm like oh that's so nice someone's interested right. in what I'm doing enough to give me an hour of their time so we were at an event last night and you befriended one of my friends yes I did as you do and he turned to me and he said Ruby is the best connector ever and I was like well I, I know that and he was like no 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 she has a five-step process and I basically said, okay, stop talking right now. I don't want to hear it. We're going to record this tomorrow. So Ruby came prepared to Tompkins today with, is it a five step? Is that the correct number? It's five step. I don't want to say it's definitively five steps, okay. but when I was describing it, it kind of filtered down into five steps. It's a flexible five. Yes. It's not, it doesn't necessarily have to be done in the order. Okay. It's just, I would say five things I'm aware of when I'm connecting with people. Okay. So everyone get out your pens and paper. We are in Ruby's school of connections and I think it's important to note that this is not something that I wrote out and then started doing this is something that I was doing and then someone asked me I was actually doing a job application <laughs> and some the question was how do you connect with people and I for the first time actually had to think about how do I connect with people because it is something that is so inherent and comes so naturally to me I mean my parents were teaching me how to look people in the eye and shake their hands and introduce myself when I was six years old it really is a part of me but it yeah. turns out that I have a process and I love that I would love I mean to tell anybody and everyone we're gonna start with step number one take it away I think we start with the approach so if I'm at a party or a bar or even a networking thing for work and there's somebody who I want to have a conversation with I have a couple of things I'll do I'll maybe see if they're wearing an article of clothing that I like maybe it's a hat a t-shirt something maybe we have a mutual friend and I'll be up I'll go up to them and say we both know this person once you have 
your like foot in the door a little bit people like that the sense of like you like who doesn't like to be complimented who doesn't like to feel like you know something about them Mm because they feel a little bit special it's so simple but it people love it step two then is the conversation I would split this step into two parts the first part is when I'm speaking to someone and I know that there's someone that I want to get to know or I want to make a deeper connection with and this might sound a little bit manipulative and I am aware of it, but I don't, I really don't think it is. I'll let something in about myself that maybe I wouldn't tell anybody. Maybe I'll mention how I go to therapy or if I'm having an issue with a guy, I'll bring it up a little bit or I'll tell an embarrassing story. Something that at least if I was hearing, I'd be like, oh, this person's telling me like, obviously like they want to be talking to me because they're not just going to tell this to anybody. Right. It's vulnerable. It's vulnerable. Exactly. And the second part is when I'm speaking with someone, I kind of recite back to them what they're saying to me. So if they say to me, yeah, I was at this bar last night. It's actually one of my favorite bars. I keep talking about bars. Fresh (laughs) out of college, you can tell. I would say, oh, you love that bar. Why? Or I would pivot the conversation to continue that, you know, because people like to talk about themselves. And this shouldn't be with your best friend. Like this is a very like... A relationship at the infancy like how do you make people want to be connected mm. to you and it's making people talk about themselves because right. that's what people really like to do and they also want to feel heard right so if by you repeating things back to them not exactly but in like a it's almost like your in, how your introduction of a essay is different than your conclusion right you know and they feel like you're actually hearing I love that what they're saying right I'm not always doing that but those are things that I stay aware of in case the conversation's not going somewhere that I want it to be or I feel like the person isn't like engaged yeah or wanting you know right wanting to talk to me or whatnot and if if that's the case like I'm not going to continue it but I find most of the time it's just you have to find the right topic of conversation right so I'll say step three is to make a plan to see them again this can be anything from this is the next bar we're going to, or I'm the type of person who knows my plans for the week. We're going to this party tomorrow night, or if it's more of a work thing and we're talking about maybe a project that they're working on, I'll say, oh, I'd love to hear more, let's do lunch. Even just saying, let's do drinks, let's do lunch, it doesn't have to be that, but it kind of opens this door and this window of like, oh, I'm gonna see this person again. Right. I find that a lot of times in conversations, people will say that or I'll say that, but I feel like both parties know that's just never gonna happen. So that takes me into parts four and five, which is connecting with the person. So part four, I would say, step four, is connecting, whether it be on social media or grabbing a phone number, grabbing an email, something that you know there's another way to get in touch. Because if I say, let's do drinks, and then I walk away, yes, how are we going to get in touch? But if I say, would love, like, let me grab your Instagram handle, or what's your phone number, like, now we've kind of made a plan and now we have a way to get in touch. So you're you're not just talking the talk, you're making it I'm actionable. I'm following up following right up. there. Right. And that's essentially what step five is, is the follow-up. So that could be anything from having the person follow you on Instagram, you follow them back. So now like they're thinking about you or texting them, emailing them. And because you've made that plan or because you've talked about, maybe again, if it's a work thing, that project that you have like similarly working on, you have a reason to text them. Right. It's more about yourself, honestly, and feeling comfortable within yourself and confident within yourself mm. to reach out to people. Because I, when I first am making new friends and am reaching out, I'm 
always nervous and always have a spell of anxiety, but you don't need to be, you don't have to walk away from every single social situation, making a strong connection with every single person. Right. That's not, that's kind of like impossible. There's not enough time. And that's a bit of Ruby for you. If you're not in a place where you feel comfortable using those tips, I identified a few connection tactics that I've noticed Sean use, and I wanted to break them down and see how intentional or accidental they actually were. When I really started to think about, okay, why am I talking to Sean about networks and relationships and connections? And what do I really want to get from him? I picked out a bunch of Seanisms, we'll call them, around (laughs) around networking and connections. You're going to tell me whether these Seanisms are intentional or accidental. So the first one is pretty basic. It feels like you're a part of a lot of communities and projects. I'm intentional about them. I see them as interlocking circles with a handful of overlap, but very little overlap. So I become the overlap area and usually try to find where is a group that I can maintain at a level that I feel like I would be contributing and they'd be benefiting, but also where it's not going to overtax me. Um, A mistake I've made early in my career was I get into ones and they expect too much and I don't deliver, bad on them, bad on me. Uh, Or it's not enough of a network. It's not, it's not worth the time. Like it looked good, but nobody really is involved. So yeah, I'm intentional about that. Uh, your physical space. So in this case, your office in Newhouse always felt inviting and invited conversation. So there was always an open door. It was comfortable and it felt very personal. So I could walk in and I would say, this is who Sean Brannigan is. Is that oh, intentional? Thanks. Intentional. Uh, I, I used to run a sales force. And we used to say, uh, don't make them come to us. You go to them. You'll learn more about them. Mm-hmm. And because people are n- less intentional about it is they'll have little items behind them that inform me, whether I'm intentional about it and going, oh, I can see he's a Packer fan. I can see he's, what is that? That's skiing. Wow. I didn't know about that. Is, this, is that a ski logo on that? Yeah. Uh, those kinds of things you can learn in their space. Mm-hmm. I mean, is it all curated? I guess I would own up to yes. Is it curated for specific outcomes? No. You are always updated on current events and the newest trends or information, and you're eager to discuss it. So I am intentional to keep up on things, knowledgeable that I have certain mavens, and then groups like students and, and, and individuals that I know know certain elements of pop culture or certain elements of the, the new thing that I, I just, I try to keep up, but I'm, I just mindful. It's just not, it's not possible to do it for everything. So I think that's pretty much it. This was a really fun conversation. Really fun. So here are my takeaways from today. Right now is a great time to reach out to loved ones. People right now are yearning for connections. I've compared it to the first week of freshman year where everyone's doors are open and they're super anxious to meet new people. I feel like it's that same energy right now, even if it's really intimidating and we feel like we've lost some of those skills or they're a bit rusty. Everyone is really anxious to make connections. Go get your vaccinations and get out there and just talk to people and make those connections and reach out to people. Use that exercise that Sean was talking about where you're reaching out to these three different people with this simple question on a scale of one to 10, how are you doing today? 
you will be shocked to see how you connect with people. And it's really a good exercise to think about who do I really want to hear from or who would really love to hear from me because it really kind of reactivates those 150 people, those people in your Dunbar circle. It's a good reminder for yourself also that you have that support system there. Another great practice if you're into journaling or you want to just kind of exercise Dunbar Dunbar's number in your life is just get out a piece of paper and in circles getting bigger and bigger around each other write five names in each circle and just try to visualize who is in your community and how close they feel to you it might be more than five might be less than five but you can start to see that map I hope this episode acts as a resource for you that you can come back to. I am so excited for the next episode of Working Title, which will be a part two to this episode. I got to sit down with relationship expert Carol Robin and talk to her about what it really means to have an exceptional relationship. It made me kind of second guess the relationships in my life and gave me tools that I've actually been using and I'm really excited to share with you that have brought a lot of the relationships in my life to the next level. To make sure you guys don't miss that episode, hit follow. You can also download this episode. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, I would really appreciate a five-star review. It really helps me out and gets me really excited to share more episodes. I love you guys so much, and I'll see you in the next episode.